Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Acts 16, 16 through 19, we'll be reading there in a moment. Hallelujah. And so the title of this sermon this morning is called A A Spoken Word. Hallelujah. Words are important. And the words you speak can edify or they can also bring people, amen, down. To destruction. So this, the words that we speak, amen, have weight to them. The words that we speak to our family members, to our children, man, can impact people's lives. And that's what's happening this morning in our scripture as we read it. And let's read our scripture this morning. Acts 16, 16 through 19. It says, as we were going to a place of prayer, We were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination. And so it brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And so as this she kept doing for many days, Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned to her, and said to the Spirit, Come out. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And so it came out of her that very hour. But when the owners saw that their hopes of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. Let's pray this morning. God, we ask you to move this morning, Lord God, upon our lives and upon our hearts, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to reveal, Lord God, Oh, the secret things, Lord God, that are going on around us, Lord God. Give us, Lord God, a discernment, Lord God, of the words, Lord God, that not only we speak, Lord God, but the words that are spoken to us, Lord God. We thank you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. And so I want to take a look at moving forward. So we look at the scripture, amen, this morning. Paul, Silas, and a couple of other disciples are doing the will of God. And so, amen, scriptures before, during the night, amen, a vision, Paul saw a man of Macedonia. And so this man is calling out to him, come over and help. And so Macedonia was the northern part of Greece, due west of of Taurus, amen. Whether consciously or not, Macedonia and all of Europe needed the gospel of redeeming grace. And so the Lord had been closing doors in Asia to his servants so they would carry the good news to Europe. How many of us know that God opens doors and sometimes he closes doors to other places? And so He's trying. God's trying to direct you. The Holy Spirit is trying to direct you to go in a certain direction. When God closes doors, don't try to open up those doors. Because you don't know what's behind those doors. God is shutting those doors for a reason. 
And so this man of Macedonia represents Europe. And his cry is for help. Amen. The, the Europeans needed Christ. And so Paul recognizes this vision. Amen. As being a divine summon from God. And so the very next sunset, which bathed in the Hellspot, amen, in its gold light shone upon his figure seated on the deck of a ship, the prowl of which was moving towards, amen, the shore of Macedonia. And so Paul looked, amen, and saw this ship. And so he did not hesitate taking this ship to Macedonia. And so it was a sign to Paul from God, amen, that he had a straight path to that city. God had already spoken to him in a vision. And then all of a sudden this ship is there and Paul says, that's the direction that I need to go. And so the greatest success that we will have in our ministries is when we see an open opportunity given to us by God, amen, and we take a leap of faith and act upon it immediately. So these are open doors that God opens for us at specific times. There was a door open for my, me and my wife to come to Kennewick. And I want to say that we immediately jumped on that. There was another door for us to take over the Pasco Church. And we also took that leap of faith. I want to say this morning, you must be actively involved in God's kingdom for God to open doors, these doors. The disciples were actively involved, amen, in people's lives. And God was opening doors for them one after another. If you're not moving, amen, for God, I doubt God's going to open doors for you. Paul and the disciples get to Philippi, a major city of the district of Macedonia. And so they meet this woman, Lydia. And so this woman's a new convert, and she has not been baptized yet. And so after speaking to her and her household, she gets baptized. Paul speaks, amen, some words to her. And this prompts, amen, her inner spirit to, amen, go further for God. And her and her whole household, they get baptized. And so they are having success because they are moving, amen, with the will of God. You can say Paul and his disciples are having revival in their ministries. And that which God has commanded them to do. Mark uh, 16, 15 says this in the Amplified Version. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach, publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature, the whole human race. And so a lot of times we like to take this scripture, amen. And use it as we're telling people on outreach about Jesus Christ. We are preaching to them the good news. No, that's not what the scripture is speaking about this morning. Or it's saying. What the scripture is saying is that we make an effort to invest in those that do not know Christ. You are to impact what God has done. Or in part, sorry, what God has done in your own personal life. Amen. Into others. And so impartation, I want to say this morning, takes effort, it takes sacrifice, it takes time, and it takes money. Think about Jesus. John 10, 15 through 16 says, Even as truly as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I am giving 
my very own life and laying it down on behalf of the sheep. So Jesus Christ is a shepherd and you and I are the sheep. He laid his life down for you and I. It goes on to say in verse 16, And I have other sheep besides these. They're not of this fold. That's the Gentiles. That's you and I. And I must bring them or impel them, those also. And they will listen to my voice and heed my call. And so there will be, amen, they will become one flock under one shepherd. So what Jesus is doing, amen, is he's laying his life down for people. Jesus is taking times. If you, if you read the scriptures, amen, he's there with his disciples. He's fellowshipping. He's eating with them at the table, imparting himself into them, amen, so they can carry on his ministry, amen. He is concerned for people. And not only that, but Jesus is touching people. He's laying hands on them. He's healing people. Jesus is giving advice to people. Jesus is giving counseling to people. And that's what we're called to do as God's people. And so Jesus is impelling them to come. This word impelling is that Jesus is thrusting, amen, compelling, impelling them to follow him. This is a driving force, an urge, amen, someone to do something in their life. Your life is falling apart, amen, and we need to impel, amen, people to take desperate measures. No, don't jump off, amen, that cliff of, of divorce. No, brother or person, do not commit suicide. Jesus Christ has the answers for your life. This is what we're called to do. And this is what the disciples are doing. They're investing, amen, in the life, amen, of the people that, amen, that they meet along the way. And so as they're doing this, they're met by opposition. What Jesus did, the disciples also did in the midst of success. They are met by this opposing spirit. And I want to say this morning, when you are gaining ground in God's kingdom, there's always going to be opposition. When you're advancing, amen, precious inches for God's glory, there's always going to be something in your life that's trying to divert you or to put you at a standstill. And this is what is happening in our scripture. The reason hell wants to put you at a standstill is that you can give up the precious, amen, ground that you have already gained, amen, for God's glory. If you're not moving forward, amen, you will eventually go back. And I want to say hell understands this. You cannot be neutral, amen, in God's kingdom. There's a scripture that says this morning, amen, that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That we're in a spiritual battle and we need to take things by force. Think about the struggle you have had to endure to get where you are at today in God's house. I don't know about you, amen, but it has not been easy for me. I've had to give up being near my family and friends to be in the will of God. Uh, we, uh, many of you know that we went to Houston to visit our family members. I came back early, 
man, for Wednesday service, and I went to go pick up my wife. Amen. At the airport on Friday, and as my daughters get in the car, my my uh, middle daughter she starts wailing. She'd been with her her grandparents all week long. She starts wailing, and she starts she's crying all the way home. So we get home. How many of us know that she misses her grandparents? She misses her cousin. We've, we've had to give up a lot, amen, for God's kingdom. And then we get home and my other daughter starts crying. Amen. And that's the struggle, amen. There, there's things that want to, amen, stop you from doing the will of God. I'm not trying to diminish, amen, our feelings. How many of us know the, these are, we miss them, amen. But, uh, amen, but we have to do the will of God. We me- a lot of times we measure ground by big accomplishments in our lives. The big leaps, the big bounds, amen. God does not measure accomplishments like we do. God measures success by the steady progressive decisions Amen. We make every day for his glory. Because when we do this, amen, he can trust us with the bigger things. Luke 16, 10 through 12 says this. It says, who, he who is faithful in very little things is faithful also in much. So God is trying to see if he can trust you with the little. And he who is dishonest and unjust with the very little things is dishonest and unjust with also much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case of unrighteous mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, who will entrust you with true riches? What are the true riches? Amen. In God's kingdom. It's the progression, amen, of his kingdom for his glory. And that involves people. And it goes on to say, and if you have not, Proven faithful in that which belongs to another, amen. Everything that is ours belongs to God. Whether God or man, who will give you, amen, that which is your own, that is true, amen, also with riches. And so God is entrusting the disciples with more because they have been faithful with the little that God has given them. He has given them Amen. More. And in the midst of God giving them more, they meet, amen, a spirit of divination. And so what is a spirit of divination, you say? First Samuel fifteen twenty three in the New King James Version describes this. It says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And so the spirit of divination or witchcraft is compared to rebellion. And so what hell's aim in witchcraft for your life is, is from you turning away from following God. Unto you, amen, doing things your own way. How many of us know that God will guide us all the way, amen, to heaven? He'll guide us. But what hell's strategy is, is for you to get diverted and go another way. 
This is what happened, amen, to Saul. Repentance is, amen, in God is a change of mind as it is a change of method. People speak, amen, they have a lot of smooth talk, but you can tell, amen, what they're doing by their, by their actions, if they're serving God or not. That's what, they, think about King Saul. God said, he has turned back from following me, hereby I have made, hereby God, amen, has made himself an enemy to Saul. Saul said he repented that there was no change in Saul's direction, amen, of his life that showed true repentance. And so when we say we repent, amen, we go in the direction of God, not the direction we're going in. And so Paul in our text is going in a steady direction for the will of God and he meets this slave girl. She is a slave to her flesh. She is a slave to her passions. She is a slave to her desires. She is a slave, amen, to her master. She's going the way of the world. And so she tries to change the course of Paul and the disciples. And so what does she do? She start, This slave girl starts speaking words. So she can change, amen, Paul's direction, the direction that he's going in. And Paul is straight-faced, amen, on going to the direction that God has called him. I want to take a look at, this, at a spoken word, the power of speech. And this morning you thought, amen, a spoken word was a cute rap or rhyme mixed with poetry. That's not what a spoken word is. Listen to this. It says, when coming generations look on the period of struggle and the development of the National Socialist Movement, that's, that's a Nazi party, one of the most interesting and significant conclusions they will draw in that, in that uh, seldom in the history of the German people, in need that of humanity itself, did the spoken word, Amen. That direct personal contact between the leader of a young and rising movement and the whole people had such importance as in the significant period in the history of the German people. If we ask why Adolf Hitler put such a great significance on the spoken word, we must conclude that the written word in no way equals the spoken word Amen. In intensity or in impact. Hitler was able, amen, not to only influence a party, but he was able to influence a nation by his words, what he spoke to. Throughout, amen, um, his, his uh, domination, Hitler had over 2,000 public speeches. Think about this. And he was able, amen, to influence a country. And not, not only that, try and annihilate a Jewish nation. And not only that, get other allies to get in with him, amen, to try not to just kill the Jews, but conquer the whole entire world. And so Hitler knew, amen, the power of speech. And I want to say this morning that hell knows this also. 
So the devil sends this girl to speak against Paul and his companion. And I want to say hell has a constant strategy in life. Amen. It is for you to change your course in the wrong direction. I want to take a look at a demonic strategy. Paul and the disciples are in Macedonia because revival is about to break up. And so this is beyond the revival. Amen. They are currently having. Amen. And I want to say the spirit world knows this. A spirit of divination, a demonic spirit who gave information to the girl so that she could tell people secrets about their lives or the future. I don't know everything that involves, amen, the demonic and knowing secrets about us. But I know this, that God allows, amen, it, amen, or opposition to come our way. So it'll force us, amen, to move forward for his kingdom and his glory. How many of us know that God will allow opposition? And what God's trying to see is, are you going to stay there? Or are you going to push against this opposition? And this is what ha is happening in the scripture. A half a year, amen, before my wife and I got, got announced. Th this is how the demonic works. To come to Kennewick to start start a church. My mother-in-law gets sick. And so as the time gets closer for us to leave, she even becomes more sick. I saw this as a strategy from hell. I knew it, amen. And I remember my mother-in-law telling my wife, Cindy, that if she goes to Washington, she's going to die. Think about this slave girl. She's repeating this thing to Paul over and over. My mother-in-law repeats this. Oh, she's repeating this. Yes, I'm not minimizing or minimizing that she's sick. But it's a constant repeating that came, kept coming out of her mouth. Amen. That she was going to die if we left. So you have to look at these strategies. You have to see, amen, these strategies. I'm not saying that my mother-in-law is possessed, but how many of us know that hell wants to use people? My mother-in-law, she's, she's doing good today. Amen. She's doing much better. Hallelujah. Acts 16, our, our main scripture, 17, 19, says this. She followed Paul and us crying, these men are servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she kept doing this for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And so the demonic strategy, amen, is to try to thwart, amen, our efforts of saving people. This slave girl is repeating the same thing over and over. And Paul, after many days, he catches on to this. He's like, no, there's something here. There's something happening in the spiritual that's trying to direct us in a different direction. And Paul catches this. And what Paul does is he commands it to leave. Paul gets annoyed by the spirit trying to get them to turn around. From doing God's will. And he rebukes the spirit. 
Hell will use people you know and their speech to try to get you to turn around from doing what God wants you to do. Think about this. Hell tried to use the apostle Peter to rebuke Jesus from going to the cross. And what does Jesus do? He turns around. Immediately, Jesus catches on to this. And he tells Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. And on the day of Pentecost, it meant Peter's preaching and 3,000 people get saved. Think about this. But at the time, Peter is being influenced by a demonic strategy. I want to say this morning, most of you will never do all that God wants you to do. Because when opposition from people you know comes your way, amen, you do not have discernment to see that it's a strategy for hell. You just see it as something random, amen, that's occurring in your life. You have to have discernment. You need, amen, to loosen things in your life. When people speak things in your life, you need to catch it and loosen it. I'm not, t I'm not saying that I went to my mother-in-law and said, Mother-in-law, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I hit her with my hand on her head and she fell to the floor. No, that's not what happened. What I did was simply make a stance, amen, on what was happening. I made up my mind, like Paul made up his mind, I'm doing the will of God, and whatever's happening right now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not listening to it. I'm not saying that you be callous towards your mother-in-law or whatever's happening, amen. But I'm, what I'm saying this morning is that you need to make up your will. You need to make up your mind what you're going to do. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve your situation? Think about this. Joshua, he's going to the promised land. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to say the Israelites gave, gave Joshua and Moses so many headaches as they were going through the wilderness, through the, through the, amen, to the promised land. And because Joshua said, as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, he was able, amen, to direct all these people to the promised land. And that's what you and I are called to do, amen. Not, not to listen, amen, to all the mess that's going on in our, in, in our lives, amen. Yes, it, it'll try to pull on you. But this, amen, I want to say that we need to make up our mind what we're going to do. Serve God or, or serve, you know, the flesh. Serve, amen, whatever, amen, is speaking into our lives. And you have to have a discernment for the, for the demonic, amen, what's, what's going on and what's trying to pull you out of the will of God. And if you don't, amen, I want to say that, that it will pull you out of the will of God. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.